from the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas. This is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm not Emily Coleman. I'm Lowell Bartholomew, one of the media people here at the Outreach Department at TSBVI and one of the producers of the podcast. And this episode of the show is different for a couple reasons. It was just about a year ago this week when Emily pitched the idea of doing a regular podcast, and we landed on the idea of having her host it and use it as a way of getting more acquainted with her new state as well as her new job as outreach director here at TSBVI. In the meantime, the podcast has moved from being an idea to being a real thing that's out in the world, and as we've covered in a couple of episodes this year, life has a way of throwing plot twists at you. Our biggest plot twist is that Emily is no longer the outreach director at TSBVI. She's now the superintendent of TSBVI. So her job has changed in title and scope. Her office has moved across the street from the outreach department, and she's moving into the house on the other side of the outreach department. And starting this month, her outreach office will be occupied by Kate Borg, who comes to us from Utah and is the newest addition to the TSBVI outreach team. One thing that won't change is Emily hosting this podcast, aside from this special episode. For this episode, we thought it would be a good idea to get to know the incoming superintendent, so we asked TSBVI board member and former student Michael Garrett to talk to Emily about her new position and the opportunities that lie ahead. After we hear from Michael and Emily, stay tuned for a special expert segment. So, Emily, we already know a lot about your professional career. Can you tell us some things about your background that we don't know? I, you know, I'm from Washington State. I grew up in a town of about 500 people where my dad farmed uh, mostly wheat and barley, and then actually went to high school in Vancouver, Washington, where the Washington State School for the Blind is, but I didn't even know that school existed at the time. So it's sort of interesting how my life's kind of come full circle in that way. After college, I, you know, did some schooling like, like most people do, and uh, ended up meeting my husband in Alaska, where I went to school at the University of Alaska in Fairbanks. And um, my best friend and I moved up there, and we even went all in for a time and lived in a small cabin without running water. So that was definitely an adventure that I don't need to relive <laughs> anytime soon. And then after living in Alaska, we moved to Kalispell, Montana, which is where we had all three of our children. Um, so I have a 15-year-old named Molly and a 14-year-old named Eddie and a 10-year-old uh, who we call Cece, whose name is Cynthia. And Eddie, of course, as I've mentioned many times, was born with optic nerve hypoplasia. So we ended up pretty connected to the Montana School for the Blind. And so, you know, back then while raising kids, uh, you know, I did a lot of random odd jobs and had a machine quilting business out of my house and worked at um, an assisted living facility and even at a call center for a while answering, answering banking questions. And that was actually the only job that I left in the middle of my shift, just took the headphones off my head and dropped them on the table and walked out. <laughs> so that's when I decided maybe it's time to go back to school. And uh, I contacted Portland State University where I did my VI program. And then uh, from there, you know, worked at the Washington State School for the Blind and then traveled south to TSBVI. So it's sort of been an, an interesting road, but maybe not super unique. So you came to us almost 
exactly a year ago. What made you want to work for our school? Well, I think, you know, TSBVI was on my radar within the first year of my son's life. So it's been a go-to for resources and I was constantly redirected to TSBVI whenever I was looking for something somebody would suggest um, our website. So, you know, it, it's been a known factor to me and uh, that just became magnified when I entered the field as a professional. But um, really it's been the TSBVI staff that have intrigued me. Um, as I ran into them on the national stage, I was kind of always impressed with their knowledge and their kindness and professionalism. You know, the retired superintendent at the Washington School actually introduced me to Bill once at an annual conference. And to me, it felt sort of like meeting a celebrity until we started chatting about favorite films of all time. And I began to realize that these leaders do have lives outside <laughs> of work, too. And then when I met and worked with Cyril through our National Outreach Director group, she too kind of encouraged this greater level of engagement in our work. And that was exactly the kind of person that I wanted to be and that I wanted to be around. And although the attributes of TSBVI staff are seen throughout our field and definitely found in my past colleagues, the difference is that TSBVI has the resources to back them up, partly because there are almost 11,000 students who are blind, visually impaired, or deafblind in Texas, but also mostly because there are systems in place to support them thanks to people like Cyril and Bill. And uh, I just kind of had to be a part of that. You moved here to become the outreach director, and you are now the superintendent. <laughs> Why change positions so soon? I know, it makes me seem kind of flighty, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> doesn't it? Um, in some ways, it's hard to explain. I, I know that I've been on this accelerated career path, and I think part of that reason is that I've sought opportunities to share as much as I could, you know, the high expectations that we have for the population we serve, along with their unique needs. As a product of my experiences, I've somehow find ways to successfully articulate through writing or presenting or even conversations like these, the attributes that sort of define our work and our students. You know, I have this like drive to positively impact all the departments within TSBVI because I think I can work, do that working alongside the already great staff that we have in place. I've seen myself in the superintendency at a school for the blind at some point, and I just couldn't pass on this chance. I've loved being the outreach director at TSBVI, and it's of course a good feeling to apply for a job when you also love your current job. It's kind of like a win-win, but I, you know, I had hoped for maybe a few more years in the outreach director position, but um, I certainly am not going to begrudge Bill for stepping into retirement. That actually looks pretty nice some days. <laughs> what are you most excited about? You know, there's, of course, a lot to be excited about. There's so many things I don't know that are probably going to be equally as exciting. But I, re I look forward to representing TSBVI kind of everywhere I go, in state and also out of state. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting more of the staff that work here in all the various departments. I've been so grateful for the outreach department team that I've grown to know and admire this year. And I want to kind of extend that feeling and build those relationships across campus. But um, if I had to pick one thing, I would say I'm probably most excited to meet more of our students and their families and to hear their stories, which are probably stories like yours, being a graduate of TSVVI yourself, and try to find out how best to serve them.
That's what I'm really looking forward to. So do you have a vision for TSBVI? Where, where are we going? What direction are we going into? <laughs> you know, that's a question that I, uh, I get asked a lot, even before I applied for the superintendent position. And, you know, there's a lot of things that, that I would like us to be. And I don't know enough yet if we're not already some of those things, because I'm still learning. I really want everyone to feel connected to our work. Um, that includes, you know, staff, families, and the students, and that they're they're so engaged in what we do that they will inspire other schools and agencies to feel that same kind of connection and maybe even organizations outside our field. TSBVI has always been a beacon and, and a stockpile of resources and expertise and I just want to maintain that reputation and continue to expand on the amount of people that really feel connected to our work. I think we should be a place that everyone feels they belong to, which means it's a place that's open to new ideas and new voices and new contributors. Because when you have a chance to contribute and to be heard, you, you feel like you belong and you have a higher level of buy-in for our work and our students. So, you know, more stakeholders just means more opportunities for our students down the road. And like I said, I already know that TSBVI does this to some extent. I just would like to see it done all the time as much as we can. Who else can we get roped in <laughs> to <laughs> helping us out so that we can do you know, bigger and better things for our kids? One of the things that impressed me about you was the fact that you, you're not afraid to say, uh, I'm still learning. Yeah. And the other thing that goes along with that is it's all about the kids. Yeah. That, 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 that impressed me about you and I think the rest of the board also. <laughs> so, and, and so that's a segue into this next question. How do you think the students perceive the role of superintendent? <laughs> that, that's a sort of funny thing that I've been learning a little bit um, recently. You know, I've asked my own kids what they think of the superintendent role and they, they feel pretty disconnected from that person. Um, they, they see it as a position of authority, but they don't really pay much attention to their superintendent in, for example, in Austin ISD. They don't really know who that person is. But I think TSBVI students have a much more personal relationship with Bill, for example, because they, they, they've seen him as a celebrity, but they also enjoy eating lunch with him regularly and catching him at their numerous events. I'm not really sure how they'll perceive me, but I hope that they'll trust me and know that I'm all in when it comes to their education and well-being. One student did stop by to meet me recently because she wanted to see if all superintendents were tall. <laughs> and so, you know, Bill is probably about six foot seven and I'm five six. So her concept of a superintendent is already shifting. <laughs> what about you, Michael, when you were a student at TSBVI? What did you think of the superintendent? John Best was, oh, okay. was our, our superintendent. He had a soft but engaging voice. I always viewed that position as a position of authority. Mm -hmm. You better act right. You better not do anything <laughs> wrong. Or Mr. Best will get you. <laughs> oh, wow. But he was, he was, he was a very engaging uh, fellow, very, very nice, mm -hmm. uh, but but I respected the position as a position of authority. To some extent, you know, in our school, in our school days, that's sort of how we see that position. But it's good when the when the superintendent can sit down and have mm -hmm. lunch with the students yeah. and talk to the students and engage them and ask them questions about what's going on in their lives, what's what's going on with their families, mm -hmm. and 
that makes the student feel really good. Yeah, I think so too. I hope to schedule time in each of my days to be out with the kids because I think we all need that too to sort of be re-energized in our work and, and to make sure we keep the focus where it needs to be. So you've been hosting A Sense of Texas during your time as uh, outreach director. What are your plans going forward? I have decided that, of course, I'm going to keep hosting it <laughs> because, you know, sitting down informally with a variety of people and students has been a really fun part of my first year at TSBBI. I've just learned so much from whoever I have a conversation with, and it's been great to share that knowledge as much as I can, and this is a great platform to do that. Plus, I do think the media crew within Outreach are pretty talented, and uh, they're a lot of fun, and so I don't want to pass up on opportunities to to work with them and I of course don't want to miss any of our sidebar conversations about popular culture because that's where I <laughs> seem to get my fix around here on that kind of stuff so we definitely plan to keep going with it. From my understanding it's well received. I think so we're in we've been downloaded in every state except Rhode Island. Very good <laughs> very good. Since you've been in Texas a year now what are your favorite and least favorite things about our state? <laughs> Well, I can say I've enjoyed a lot of different kinds of food, but my favorite part actually so far has been the people. We found real, you know, genuine kindness and caring constantly in Austin, but I've also seen it regularly in folks around the state. I had sort of perceived Texas as having a slower pace before we moved down here, uh, which worried me a little bit because I, t I tend to work a mile a minute and I wasn't sure if I could slow it down. But what I found is that the pace is slower but not really in a way that I had anticipated. There just doesn't seem to be less work being done. In fact, it's the reverse at times. But I think the slower pace kind of comes from people tend to pay more attention to individuals and families. And there's a lot of people in TSBVI that really care for each other. And so they're paying attention. And even though the workload might remain the same, it's like they've just sort of focused on the kindness <laughs> factor, which makes it feel slower because you stop more to <laughs> say hi and check in and that kind of thing. But you're still getting the work done, you know. Um, my least favorite part is probably going to be the heat once I actually make it through a whole summer. Um, but for now, I've enjoyed the climate that seems to change on a whim, and there's always reprieve indoors if needed. So, you know, thank goodness for air conditioning. I, I'll bet you enjoy the winters. You know, I really did. I really, especially when my family was buried in snow and I was sitting outside in shorts and <laughs> feeling pretty good about life. So I certainly don't miss shoveling snow. Although my husband would probably joke that he did most of the shoveling and he's right. <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite part of Texas, Michael? Are you born and raised here? I'm born and raised here in Texas. Uh, I've lived in three metropolitan areas. I like the the message that we send. Oh. We have a we have an attitude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I think that's probably true. We're proud. Yeah. We're, we're proud. It's 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 not harmful, but we're a proud uh, state. We we try to live by that motto. Everything everything is bigger in Texas, <laughs> and so we try to make it big. 
Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I've said it a few times before, probably on the podcast, but the first week we were here when we heard the Texas pledge that the kids do in school, I thought, wow, this is different. <laughs> I don't know of any other states that have a state pledge following the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad about it. It's just unique to Texas. Well, it's, it's that attitude. <laughs> it is. It is. That's okay. I think it's okay. Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. In her interview, Emily mentioned that the podcast has been downloaded in every state except Rhode Island. We are proud to announce that as of July 4th weekend this year, Rhode Island is no longer the exception. We've reached every state in the union. We'll add this to all future July 4th celebrations. For our experts segment, we turn to a true expert on the subject of Emily, her daughter, CC. To use one of Emily's favorite phrases, who better to predict what the future holds for her in her new job than her daughter? So who are you? Um, Cynthia Coleman, but most people just call me Cece. Okay. And why are you here today? Because, um... Because <laughs> your mom made you? Yeah. Yep. Well, okay, that's, that's actually why I'm here today. So what do you like best about school? Math. Really? Mm -hmm. What do you like about math? Usually there's only one right answer. So you can't really be wrong. And you can prove it, right? Yeah. You can go back and do the proof and you show your work. Well, sometimes it's just too easy to show your work. Well, that's cool. So here's a question. Uh, based on your extensive experience with school, what do you think a superintendent does? At my old school, he put like portables out when we were like redoing re the school. Mm -hmm. I think they also like set up meetings and stuff. Are you excited about your mom becoming a superintendent? Yes. What do you think she's going to do all day as a superintendent? Set up meetings and just like walk around and see how things are going. It's really just the meetings. If she can't put up portables, <laughs> she just has to keep making up meetings for people to go to. So, do you think she'll run out of people to set up meetings with? No, because she can just make up family meetings. Is that part of the job? Like, like I don't know. Is, that's an actual official thing? Like, oh, schedule looks clear. I guess I better bring my family in for a meeting. <laughs> Gotta look busy. That sounds about right. Yeah. She'll superintend. You moved here last year from? Uh, Washington State. And so how, is, how have you liked Texas so far? Hot. It's hot. It is. It's definitely that. Are you liking it? Uh, yeah. It, there's a lot of stuff to do that won't, wasn't in the town I used to live in. What do you like to do that you couldn't do in Washington? There's more like entertaining places to go. Mm-hmm. Like. There wasn't roller skating in my last town, really. or 
I can't think of any of those right now. So heat and roller skating is Texas. Yeah. Those are the two best <laughs> things. Those are two biggest exports. So do you think your mom's going to be a good superintendent? Uh, yes. Okay, so you're in favor of this. Yeah. This was not a, we didn't make a mistake by no. promoting her up to this job. Well, she's going to be really good at it. Mm -hmm. So we can expect good things. You know I'm talking about your mom, right? Yes. Okay, take your word for it. We'll get back in a year and see if this was accurate. So at TSBVI, the superintendent lives in a house that's like right over here. It's across across this little street. Is it gonna be weird like living next door to like every like all your mom's coworkers like would just be walking by? And Except in the morning, I'll be like gone before six. Welcome to your new uh, your new backyard, which is a giant school in the middle of Austin. It's all yours. This is all for you. You can borrow our stuff anytime. I thought you were going to talk about the backyard and how you want to get chickens or how you want your own golf cart. Like the ones that the security guys drive? Yeah. What would you do with your own golf cart? I would probably like ride around to the basketball court or something. And you want chickens? Yes, chickens. My sister wants them the most, but I'm, I also want them. What would you do with chickens? I would feed them. Well, obviously. <laughs> that would be animal cruelty otherwise. <laughs> I want chickens so I could neglect them. <laughs> and then what, collect their eggs? What would you name your chickens? I think I had one chicken at my friend's house that we named Rose for some reason. I think that chicken hated us the most because <laughs> that was the one chicken that we always played with, so. Oh, so it hated you for playing with it, not because it hated the name you gave it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. And I bet a couple of times we picked up the wrong chicken. <laughs> what, because you didn't know it was that chicken? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, so you don't know if that chicken didn't like you. It could have been all the chickens didn't like you. <laughs> okay. Well, what do you think your chances are of getting chickens? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Should we help put in a good word for the chickens around the office? Yeah. While, sh while, while, while we can? Yeah. And all we're right. also hoping to get a dog, so... Uh, yeah. Dog plus chickens. We keep the dog away from the chicken. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this special episode of A Sense of Texas. Everyone here at TSBVI is excited to see what the future holds under our new leadership from both Emily and Kate. And the podcast will return as usual at the top of September with Emily in the host chair. So on behalf of Emily and TSBVI and the outreach department. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.